Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, we've got Rhiannon and myself, Caleb. Adam was unfortunately under the weather tonight, so we will just have to carry on without him. But we got a couple trailers this week, and we thought we'd talk. You doing well, Rhiannon? I am. I am. I'm doing well. I'm getting ready to head out of town for a little bit, so just busy in a good way. Do you have any big Halloween plans? I'm going to be in New Orleans. So I haven't quite thought that far ahead, but I'm going to be in New Orleans. So, you know, I'm sure I'll find something fun. Yeah. How about you? Uh, Yeah, just, you know, kids. Uh, My wife works on Monday nights and she has for a long time. But like three times in the last week, I've been like, oh, so... Maybe if you took these kids and I'll take these kids, she's like, dude, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> and every time it's a little bit of dread that like falls over me of like, oh, I have to try to keep track of four kids trick or treating. So, wow. Wow. Good luck. Yeah. That that sounds like a lot. It's weird. I feel like Halloween is the uh, it's the parenting thing I least expected to be as much work and money as it is. Mm hmm. Like I knew Christmas, there'd be presents and there'd be fun stuff and there would be like expenses. But by the time you do the costumes and the candy and stuff, like Halloween's just a big pain in the neck to me. It's just, Um, it's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess they don't like to reuse costumes, like the youngest. No, it would be, I mean. Yeah. That they're too, you know, they're too materialistic for that kind of thing. Well, I hope they have fun, even if you don't. They 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 will. They'll have they'll have a blast, and it's fun. You know, they've gotten into me like uh, into like fandom stuff that I'm interested in. So, we've got a Star Wars costume this year. Uh, we've got one kiddo going as Scarlet Scarab from Moon Knight. Oh wow! So that's been kind of fun to put together. Yeah. How exciting! Yeah, that's cool. So I have not been on Twitter for the last couple of days because I am afraid that someone will ruin Black Panther after they did screenings of it. But did I just see that there's a vision show that's gotten greenlit? I, you know, I deleted the Twitter app last night, but I think I saw something about that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not doing our jobs well. No, I'm pretty, <laughs> I just went, I just went to Variety. I guess they're giving Paul Bettany his own show. Right now, it's being sort of referred to as Vision Quest, which is a famous comic. Uh, I guess it'll be about how the white vision goes about trying to... Um, I always hate saying that, too. White vision, I mean, I know it, it communicates, but I guess I just always get this vision of, like, I don't know, a vision with, like, a sweater vest, you know, like a hipster vision or something. But, like, white vision, like, trying well, to get his memories back, I guess. Yeah, and like, I mean, yeah, it says will prize his role as a sentient being who has killed an Avengers Infinity War, only be resurrected a few years later. Oh, I thought they had better language there. Anyways, yeah, evidently a vision quest. Isn't that like the name of something else? Why does that? Um, it's something that sometimes people do, like, um, like when they go on walkabouts or whatever, like in the Australian outback, and sometimes sometimes those are. Like spiritual journeys like that are called vision quests? No. The Echo Run by David Mack is Echo Vision Quest. 
Oh, well, that makes sense because I would think that would be part of like that cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of rumor that they were, that's why I was like, when I heard this, I was like, this is so weird. Isn't that the echo arc that they're doing? Yeah. Like the, the, the story from it, obviously not the title, but that's, yeah, that's why I was confused when I heard it because I was like, they're doing the echo run with vision. That makes no sense to me, but so he did have that run in the comics. Yeah, it was it was back when it was, you know, the like white vision back in the 80, late 80s, I think, early 90s, West Coast Avengers. I don't hardly know anything about the story, but um, it just, I don't know. It tells me that Marvel is not in a hurry to say goodbye to like old characters. Like we have seen a couple phase one characters now sort of disappear, but seems like everybody else they want to keep around as long as possible. I definitely did not have this on my top five, like next Disney plus things to happen, but um, it is interesting that it seems to suggest they really do think about these things as franchises. I feel like these Disney plus shows, like they said, Hey, WandaVision was really successful. We need to spin off like a second generation of WandaVision shows. And so we got Agatha, Coven of Chaos, and now we're getting this, you know, like, it makes me wonder, like, are we going to get a second generation of Falcon and Winter Soldier shows at some point, like with Bucky and all that kind of stuff, or, you know, what what else is to come next at some point? Yeah, I mean, because I would think the second generation of Wanda was that she was in Multiverse of Madness and continued her arc. I mean, I feel like at this point it's all so connected that thinking like a, like that would only complicate things. But it is very clear that like WandaVision, while maybe the same quote unquote universe as like Miss Marvel, is really a different world than Miss Marvel. Yeah, except for um Except for one of the characters from WandaVision will be in the Marvels with Miss Marvel. So, well, yeah, I mean, but that's what I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah. yes, they have a fully interconnected universe, but, um, but the, but some of these properties are acting somewhat independently. Yeah. I don't know. And I the don't fact know. that Jack Schaefer is being brought back to head up the writer's room after being head writer on WandaVision. Yeah. To me, that also sort of continues that like, oh, we have, I mean, years ago when we talked about, oh, there might be like a cosmic wing to the MCU and a street wing to the MCU. And, you know, like, I think we talked about a a, a magic wing, but a specific WandaVision wing is not something I would have thought of. Yet here we have two shows that seem like direct sequels, you know, out of that, that show. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. So I think as far as I know, that's the only big news that happened this week. Um, I mean, I think the one exception might be, if we want to, we can talk about James Gunn's new job. I I think we should for just a second, because I think it's, I I think it's very interesting. I mean, well, one, um, you know, not that we've ever been completely exclusive to Marvel stuff, but I think think it is interesting to think of the world where marvel would be 
before they fired Gunn. Because we know Kevin Feige did not make that decision. That did not come from him. And before that happened, Feige was really acting like Gunn was going to be his right-hand man. Like, remember, there was all of this time where it was like, it was sort of going to be that Gunn was in charge of the cosmic universe and stuff like that. So I think it's just very interesting to think about what even what even Marvel would be right now had Gunn stayed with them for all of that time. And I think Marvel's going to look back or Disney overall is going to look back and see that as a very detrimental decision. Yeah, it's really weird because Gunn has not seemed to have that many bitter grapes about all of that. Like he's been very gracious about it. And it certainly hasn't soured his connection with Feige. I mean, I guess Feige got invited on the Suicide Squad te- you know, um, set. And the way that we heard all that went down in the media was that Feige sort of fought for James all the way along with like Disney Brass to get him back. So I don't think there's yeah. anything there. But you do wonder to some degree if Gunn was like, I want to make Guardians 3, but I'm I'm not doing anything else for you people. You oh, know? yeah, I definitely feel that that was the case. Only thing that makes me not feel that way is the holiday special. I mean, he didn't have to play nice and help with a Disney Plus holiday special. But the fact that he did showed he was at least a little game to help out Disney with their stuff. But Yeah. Yeah, I I can see that. But I wonder how much effort the holiday special really was compared to i mean i don't know you know there again he clearly loves this universe and had a vision for it so it could just be like i have this one last thing i wanted to do with kevin bacon yeah (laughs) and feige's like sure let's do you know like like that 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 was just another little part of the passion project um so yeah yeah it doesn't seem like any sour grapes and i think it's going to be fascinating to see what they do over there um I'm super excited yeah, to see sort of how that goes. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's ways it could not go. Like, I think a lot of people were immediately excited just because Gunn is so kind of loved in fan communities. Yeah. But there are certain people in the DC corner that don't love him. Because I think this is not right, but they kind of feel like, he like took David Ayer's space, you know, like David Ayer did that first um, suicide squad. And there's like people that want like a David Ayer director cut of the original suicide squad and felt like gun got in the way of it. But then also there's people, even Marvel fans that feel like gun plays pretty fast and loose. I mean, we, I know some of the people we talk to that really love old school guardians will say, his quill and gamora and drax at least and uh ronan the accuser are all significantly different versions yondu i think was you know him and rooker made a very strong decision on what to do with with yondu compared to the comics and there's some marvel fans that are kind of annoyed that he was so loose and fast with it particularly when marvel comics then went ahead and retconned all the Marvel comic stuff to like fit what was going on in the movie universe. Yeah. 
And so I'm just interested. I mean, I don't know. It seems like they're a pretty dark, broody bunch over there at DC. I can just see that first adaptation where he has the same kind of um, loose attachment to previous versions of the characters where people might lose their stuff a little bit. So I, I, yes, but I also feel like he's one of the few people that could stand up to all of that criticism. Right. And it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. Um, Cause he does not sit quietly when, when things are publicly out there. So it'll be interesting to see if that attitude changes as he moves into a Feige type role. Um, and to see sort of, yeah, how it plays out. I mean, I think, I think essentially he'll start making good movies and they'll get good hype and the folks that love that universe will hopefully be happy. Yeah. Cause I mean, no reason to sit and be irritated all the time. Well, and there is a certain, um, something interesting about, until now, I feel like Feige has been sort of a a gold standard of execs knowing how to deal with fandom and knowing how to deal with the public. Feige seems to know really well what's going on. He has an ear to the ground. They do really well at cons and stuff to like present things. And even though he can be a little cryptic, Feige does talk about things, at least when they do media you know, for new projects and stuff. But James Gunn is even better at that than Kevin is. And so for DC now to have a face that will be able to even out Feige Feige a little bit, like I think if you're a San Diego Comic-Con goer, you have to love this because this can only up DC's game at how they present at cons and it'll give you more of a one-two punch than what I think has been happening the last couple of years at those types of things. Yeah. I think it's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be amazing. I will be there, man. Hall H next year. Yeah. I'll see what gun has to present. I mean, it's got me super, I, I'm much more excited about DC movies immediately, you know, mm-hmm. on this news now, you know, and that's just that's such a fascinating to me. Like, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I think some of us Marvelites are going to be more interested now in DC. And I'm sure some of the DC folks are going to be a little concerned that they're going to get uh, a little Marvelized. But, I, you know, I, I think Gunn is smart enough to understand pretty intimately how those brands are different. So, I mean, and Gunn has already worked in that brand. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can turn around and look at the Suicide Squad and think that 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 it's going to be Disney-fied. Um, right. Or Peacemaker, much yeah. more so even so. Yeah. So, you know, they have a little bit of a vision of what he, you know, they have a view of what he's going to do, but we'll see. I I wish him the best. Yeah. Um. All right, let's jump into, uh, I guess, our trailers then. Uh, so we got a trail for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania this week um let's i mean just first of all generally uh were you excited impressed how do you feel about it you know how i never like first trailers yeah i really like this like this got me excited for this movie i i have not been because it was different than ant-man and the wasp and you hate ant-man and the wasp yeah well (laughs) 
I don't know what it is about it. I mean, it's, I think just, I think this is one of the first, well, is this the first trailer or did we have a teaser before? So this is for me, the first, you got something at San Diego. Okay. Cause when I was Googling to rewatch it just a little while before we podcasted, another trailer like came up that, and I couldn't tell if it was famous. I didn't have a time, enough time to see if it was something official or fan made or what. Right. Um, I think it was a fan made something. And but the the trailer, this is the first time in a long time that like we have the first real trailer. And I feel like I know what this movie is going to be. I feel like I know what they're going to do. I know who's involved, what it's going to be. And it looks like an enjoyable journey with a whole lot that I still don't know. Um, so I really like it. Um, yeah. And Ant-Man and the Wasp was crap. So like it, I, I had low standards, but I, Cassie seems fun that she's going to be involved um having the you know the whole crew there with all of this their trip into the quantum realm whatever we're going to see with king and everything that goes on there um i'm unusually hyped for a first trailer yeah i mean they really did sketch a lot of simple but helpful plot points like oh it's post end game People know who Scott is, so he's kind of feeling himself a little bit. But then emergency thing happens. They get sucked in the quantum realm. They start to adventure around, and then Kang shows up. Like, that's pretty understandable, straightforward, but it sort of gives you a hook to, like, hang the movie on, which is something they've not really wanted to do, I feel like, in a long time in Marvel trailers. So, Yeah, yeah. So overall, I'm excited. I have not, I mean, like, I have not watched another Black Panther trailer. I am going to go into this, like, completely blind in a couple of weeks. But this one, like, I want to eat up everything that they put out. That's interesting. So I you find the Black Panther trailers overwhelming and in so many directions. And So you didn't watch the one that came out when they put tickets on sale? No. Okay. No. I'm sure I've seen clips and stuff from it. Like, but I haven't watched it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so at San Diego, from my understanding, you got a little more of Kang and he was a little more menacing, I guess, than what you got in this one. Do you have a preference for which was better, you know, like as far as the tones of the two? I don't. So the king in San Diego was, he was menacing. He was, he was witty. He had that, like, have I killed you before? Um, Line that came out, you know, you're Avenger. Have I, how many times have I killed you? Like this, this sureness. This is the same king to me. I mean, I feel like we're seeing sort of the same clips just cut in a different way and in a slightly different angle. Um, So like i i i feel like it's the same person we're just seeing a slightly different view yeah i am really excited we talked when jonathan majors first showed up in loki that they're going to be able to play this where he's the same villain but a different villain you know like every time he shows up he'll be a different variant 
And so you get a different flavor. And I feel like just in a little we've seen, this is not the whimsical, goofy, one who remains like Wizard of Oz kind of character that we saw in Loki. This one is a little more rough and a little more brutal. This one's like the conqueror. And I just think it's really fun to let Jonathan Majors just play around and be a different thing every time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a different character than Loki. hundred percent. And that's going to be fun. And it sort of is, it allows them to go to a new place. I feel like, Uh, I mean, the first, you know, saga or whatever was so Thanos centric and Thanos was so consistently one thing. I just think it's, it's smart to have a villain that will be, um, it, it's not even about physical intimidation as much as like his intellect and like uh, just the, the, the way that he seems to outthink everybody. I don't, I don't know. It's, I'm more and more excited when they announced Kang was sort of the big bad of these few phases. I, I, I mean, I know the character some, it usually gets in such crazy time travel, timey wimey weirdness that I don't love his comics. Mm-hmm. And so I am definitely growing on this idea. And I'm hopeful that by the time this movie's over, I'm going to be totally all in on the idea of Kang as sort of the big bad and deserving of sort of that Thanos level, you know, villainry. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, we didn't get to know Thanos, you know, he's going to be a flushed out villain. Like Thanos, he was just sort of this shadow collecting stones throughout the previous movies. It's going to be fascinating in this phase to really know Kang, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And their their propensity to kill villains has meant we don't get enough recurring villains. You know, I mean, when we did with Loki, people loved it. So I think it's it's great to see it happen with Kang where we'll see lots of uh, him over and over and over again. Yeah, and I think we'll really, really know him. It won't be like, I just want to kill half the universe because it'll be good, I swear. <laughs> like, I, I I look forward to whatever the deep villainous plot is here that well i mean we've had one version of it but um you know it'll it'll be interesting to see as we get to know king the conqueror what his plot is well and the one who remains was relatively benevolent in the end i mean you know he put a murder weapon out there and told sylvie like go ahead kill me that's fine like he wasn't really you know, he was very unusual that way. Yeah. Yeah. I am interested in the quantum realm and how we get, like, maybe it looks like Kang's Chronopolis is sort of what we're getting in this, like, city down below in this, you know, in these micro- microscopic realms. I really am hoping that it um, it plays with physics in a fun way and it does some unusual stuff. I'm a little nervous. There was one scene where they walk into like a bar or something. And it just kind of felt like a most Eisley cantina. Like, oh, it's space, but it's not an outer space. It's an inner space. And I, I do want the quantum realm ju- not to be just like more planets. Like I would like it to have its own unique sort of feel that way. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you about that. So it'll be interesting to see 
I've said that a lot already. Um, I didn't think of it that way, but that was, uh, I liked the imagery there and I just cannot comprehend um, whole different species living in the tiny realm. Yeah. Well, and something about how like quantum uncertainty would create interesting sort of laws of physics about how you move in that world or things that can happen that are unexpected and unpredicted. Like I know, I know sometimes Adam doesn't love it when I'm like wanting it to be super sciencey when they go into some of these concepts, but this is something where I feel like you could at least do some pseudoscience in a way that would make something interesting and something different, you know? Yeah. Um, So I'm also already done with people complaining. Oh, this movie looks like it's all CG. Yes, correct. Like <laughs> the whole idea is that they're in this imaginary world that doesn't exist. What how how would it not look like CG? I don't I don't understand. Yeah, yeah, like are they upset that they didn't go film in the actual quantum realm? <laughs> well, and like I, I liked Ant-Man and the Wasp, but like for people who didn't, a lot of it was filmed sort of, it seems like in a parking lot or an abandoned building somewhere in San Francisco. Yeah. Like there's a lot of just like warehouse fights and like, you know, racing through the streets. And so the fact that they're going to a really different place in this one, I think is great. One of the best parts of Ant-Man is when he went, re- you know, when he went subatomic and all of a sudden there was these weird like kaleidoscope kaleidoscopic like imagery and fractals and you know like i think the best some of the best parts of that movie is the 10 minutes where he goes subatomic and so i'm excited for them to finally explore it and it feels like something that's been on the back burner for a long time mm-hmm. felt like ant-man 1 they were like ooh let's tease this place we'll go back and then Ant-Man and the Wasp were like, oh, we're back a little bit, but then we're going to come back to San Francisco like to finally just make a movie in the quantum realm. It's a- about time, I would think. Yeah. Um, though, I mean, maybe this movie looks this movie looks like it's going to be lacking in ants. It's true. Particularly after we found out how terrifying ants look. Did you see those photos this week? I did not. There's like new photos of like really high res, like I guess ants like antennas kind of come out of their eyeballs a little bit. Ew. Super creepy. Yeah. I Google that. I do not feel I I think that's just a Halloween prank. (laughs) I just remember seeing it and going, if that's what ants really look, the Ant-Man movies are about to get a whole lot more disturbing. So that's how I always imagined fire ants looking up close. Yeah and yeah okay well that's gonna give me nightmares (laughs) oh it is um i'm always i'm a little surprised too (laughs) it's stupid but that movie's close yeah i mean we're like less than four months away now so um and it's you know they're saying that the this year ends out phase four and that that starts phase five it does we've talked about how these movies sort of up the ante like civil war was so much bigger than the two previous cat movies 
this does seem like a giant jump in scale from the two previous ant-man movies so definitely yeah now talking about something jumped in scale something that's gonna be a lot smaller scale and i love it we got a trailer for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special um is it what you're expecting because it kind of took me off guard just how love fascinatingly bizarre it is oh no it's exactly what i was expecting like a hundred percent totally i mean like i didn't expect them to be chasing kevin bacon but it's absolutely what i expected what did you expect did you expect like him to be teaching another world about santa i don't know i thought i I did think it would be a little more galactic the fact that they're coming to earth for a chunk of it is i don't know just something i'd never considered and so that should be interesting. I mean, we know the Guardians have been to Earth before, but uh, seeing there was something about the image of Drax and Mantis walking down Hollywood Boulevard that was just super jarring. And I'm still getting used to the fact that, like, we're in a post Endgame world now where, like, the Guardians have been to Earth and everybody knows about aliens. And the the way that the Marvel Universe is now pro- proliferated with superheroes and aliens and magicians like we saw in she-hulk too yeah it's fascinating because you know early on in the mcu like it was so much what they wanted us to believe it like oh it's just like our world except for there's one guy in an iron suit and then it's like yeah and then one alien named thor visits and then well there happens to be a super soldier that was buried in the ice from world war ii the fact that we went from like one guy in a suit to now like aliens strolling down the street. I love that it's grown to that, but sometimes it's still surprise takes me by surprise a little bit that there you, that the universe, the MCU looks so much like the comics universe at this point. I, I mean, I don't know after like all of the agents of shield that we went through, I feel like, I mean, I, I realize Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. may or may not be this same universe and same situation, but I I feel like after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'm, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this was a universe where you had, like, Creel and you had the Inhuman thing. I mean, I don't know. To me, it's right. not weird. It's not weird that there's superheroes on Earth. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Bacon seemed a little freaked out, but, you know. I, I, I just love that Kevin Bacon was, like, game for it, you know, that he was willing to uh, to take yeah. on, the, you know. I mean, I would think he would be, but, you, you know, you never know with actors how serious they take themselves. I Kevin does not take himself very seriously. I mean, I feel like from other cameos from his will and grace cameo and then i listened to his podcast um six degrees of kevin bacon or was it the last degree of kevin bacon and that podcast does nothing but mock himself um a little bit of mocking his wife as well and it's just like so yeah I, i i'm not surprised that he's there you know being the butt of the jokes or being a part of it all um yeah i 
and clearly he's not holding out for a bigger role in the marvel universe or something you know that's yeah yeah fine i get to be in a marvel show we'll do it like this um yeah i'm not surprised i like it yeah i also feel like when you compare to werewolf by night and i don't know if this is just uh, maybe i'm making too much of it these special presentations really are carte blanche to just do weird stuff. They're like, Hey, it's going to be on Disney plus it's an hour special, whatever the heck you feel like. So, you know, the first one is a throwback universal monsters, black and white thing. And the next one is aliens kidnapping Kevin Bacon at Christmas time. I mean, it just makes me excited that they seem to, it just seems like there's so much less pressure of expectation and finances around these that they can just do weird funky stuff in these special presentations and it's okay you know yeah yeah and i hope they keep it up um go do the weird things give us the low stakes low budget whatever um give us i mean and not to be like the shorts like i don't want the nikki and pug you know, I want those characters to be flushed out in their own shows. Like, give us those characters in their own shows. I kind of like that these are standalones. Like, or I liked Werewolf by Night as a standalone. And in this, I feel like we've had enough of Drax and Mantis that they're fully flushed out characters. So, okay, they get the chance to go and have their own adventure. Um, I mean, or I assume they're on their own on this adventure. But I, I'm trying to think what other, I mean, that's what, you know, there again, is it just more spinoffs? You know, could, do we want these special presentations to end up being a bunch of spinoffs or do we want them to be original things? Yeah. I mean, to me, it's as long as the idea is, well, you know, a Drax and Mantis show is not ever going to happen. I don't think. Yeah. So, you know, like, I just want to see stuff that wouldn't happen another way. If they want to do a special presentation that was, um, you know, Darcy and Agent Wu, like crack a case, like even if it was like a CSI almost spoof, like a super procedural like episode where it's just like a, a dead body and that to follow the clues. And it's like a sleuth thing. I don't know. That would be fun. Like, to me, that's the kind of stuff where you really can. These are the spiritual follow-ups to one-shots. Yeah. Like we talked about one-shots and how much people love them. I, I think these are the follow-ups. And sometimes they're goofy and sometimes they're, you know, something that builds on the, the, the story of the universe. And that's okay. Yeah. Yep. The other thing I was thinking about is that this is sneaky smart. I'm guessing this holiday special will help gun trim 10 or 15 minutes off guardians three. Like they will be able to move the characters around and get us set up for where they're at and be able to shorthand a lot of that. in the, you know, like there's just going to be scenes that they're going to be able to cut from guardians three that will have questions answered in this special, I think. And yeah. doing these, like doing this so close to a feature makes a lot of sense. Like doing a one shot about 
Monica Rambo and what happened since WandaVision before you get into the Marvels. Like that would be also interesting thing to do with these special presentations to me is make them on ramps to films to back, you know, put some more, you know, background in and not have to make them three hour movies. But well, um, at this point, if Adam sends us uh, listeners, if Adam sends us some audio, he said he might. I'll splice it here. If not, that's fine. But thanks for listening to the show. Uh, we were glad we could get this one out because then in a couple weeks, we'll do Black Panther. And then a couple weeks after that, we'll have Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. So we've got, I think, a bunch of our year kind of marked out and probably can do a year end wrap kind of episode and all that kind of stuff. So oh thanks gosh. for listening to the pod. Thanks for supporting us all the ways you do. We'll be back. <laughs>